2: Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive Rate Shield approval, call us today at 800Quicken or go to RocketMortgage.com. For JD Power award information, visit JDPower.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30 year fixed rate loans. Call for cost
3: information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030.
4: Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for the new Sesame Ginger glaze Chicken Signature Wrap. How would you like it? I'll
2: take a... Sports announcer at home? Yeah, how'd you... We just know.
3: My wife picks up the new Signature Wrap. It's got double the rotisserie-style chicken mixed with a sesame ginger glaze. She appears annoyed at me, but she shrugs it off. Those sweet and savory flavors are calling her name. She lifts the wrap and... She takes the bite! Incredible! And now she's closing the door on my... Subway, make it what you want. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Double meat basement, average six-inch sub.
1: KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com.
4: Welcome to Circumspice, the right side of Michigan. All things Michigan from a conservative point of view. Welcome to the cornfields of southeastern Michigan. I am your humble host, Alan Ray. This is Circumspice, right side of Michigan. We got all kinds of things to talk about today, including Bigfoot. What? Huh? Yeah. Stick around. Don't go anywhere.
3: At the tender age of three, I was <laughs> hooked to a machine just to keep my mouth from spouting junk.
2: Musta took me for a fool, cause they chucked me out of school, cause the teacher knew I had the fun.
4: So, yeah, I reported this here on uh, Circumspice, right-side of Michigan, uh, several months ago. This absolute jerk that was uh, running a fake home health care business, he was sentenced to uh, prison for fa- uh, tax fraud. He had a fax fraud. <laughs> uh, Corey, what is this? It's a thing. It's some kind of oh the free press the free press the free I love those guys. A Michigan man was sentenced to 12 months and one day in prison. Well, what one day? That's like suing somebody for uh, 12 million dollars and one cent. You know, that's just kind of stupid. Anyways, a Michigan man was sentenced to 12 months and one day in prison for uh, today for filing a false tax return, according to court documents. Robert Nackfour of Lansing claimed fraudulent expenses for his home healthcare business, Jesse K Home Care on his 2011 through 2015 tax return. Uh, NAC four deducted expenses for insurance, legal and professional services, wages and contract labor that he knew his business did not occur. For example, just on his 2015 return, Nafur claimed over $1 million in bogus contract labor and legal and professional service expenditures. In total, the defendant caused a tax loss to the IRS $481,465. He pleaded guilty to willfully filing a false income tax return. Shame on you, Mr. Nafur. Don't you understand the IRS don't like competition when it comes to scamming people? Ha! I'm Alan Ray. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be like this the rest of the night. Okay, my show deal with it. I've been on my roof um, pretty much most of the afternoon Uh, during our little monsoon that we had here in southeastern Michigan. um, The little 48 hour monsoon we had at the beginning of last week. I uh, discovered that, uh, well, I have a leaky roof in the garage. And the uh the, the leak was right at the uh the chimney there that comes down. I have a uh, baseboard water heat. And um lo and behold the water was going where? Directly right into the electronic ignition for the furnace. So not only do I have a, re- a leaky roof, I have no heat. <laughs> well, as it goes now, we should have a pretty solid roof cuz man, I I put gunk all around it. I sealed everything I could. I even made a new cap for it. Handmade, baby. Handmade out of stainless, painted it. Everything looks cool. Everything is absolutely excellent looking. I'm kind of proud of it. Too bad nobody will ever see it because, you know, it's up. The only person that's going to see it is the person who has to climb up on that room or a roof after I either sell this place or I'm dead and gone. They'll see it. Hopefully, hopefully they'll appreciate my handiwork. I doubt it. So what's happening with you in Michigan? It is back to being absolutely beautiful. It was a gorgeous weekend. Started out a little rough. We had rain on Saturday morning. I didn't even mind the rain. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go that far. I'm going to, I didn't even mind it because I tried pulling weeds out in the garden last weekend and it was kind of like pulling rope out of concrete. <laughs> it wasn't happening. If anything had something like an, an an inch down, it was just like, it's not coming out. Just not. The ground was so hard. So um, I got a lot of things I got to take down out of the garden this week. Probably, you know, the the corn, it's been all picked out. Yeah, tomato plants have pretty much gone to waste. I got so many tomatoes out of there. My I kept telling people, my neighbors and everybody, it's like, come over, get tomatoes, please get them out. I, I planted way over planted this year, way over planted. Um, I will probably plant half of this garden next year. <laughs> um, squash needs to get picked. It's 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 the uh, the butternut squash. You know you can you can let that stuff go till just before the first frost, uh, and even a light frost won't really hurt it. So get that up. Uh, I'll get that uh, little dried onions. Got to get those hung up. Hot peppers. I have bought loads of hot peppers. Uh, of course, I got to get the dehydrator out. I take a little dehydration off of them things and, uh, and we either freeze them or we string them or, or, and this is what a good friend of mine who's Jordanian, he, uh, he taught me how to put them in olive oil and put them into a jar of olive oil. And not only does that preserve the peppers for up to a year, it makes the olive oil really hot and spicy to cook with. So winning, winning. <laughs> Try it. It's pretty cool. I mean, when I did it first time I did it. They, they kept for up to a year and then I kept using the olive oil and things like, oh, omelets and stuff like that gives it just a little bit of that zing. Mm-mm-mm. So what's happening in our great state of Michigan? Let's take, keep talking about criminals because I reported this one too. Uh, last week was it last week? I, I lose track. I lose track. It's, it's my entire week. You have to understand nowadays. Uh my entire weeks are workday, 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 work weekend. I, I really don't is it Monday? What is it, Friday? Oh yeah, that's right. I don't have to show up to work tomorrow. So I guess it's the weekend. You know, that's kind of how I'm living my life right now. Um it's stress free. I'll tell you that. I can tell you that. I, I have absolutely zero stress. Even though looking at my roof leaking, I just went, Well, <laughs> Looks like uh, it's a good thing it happened now because I can get it taken care of now. It's not 10 below zero, and we're trying to keep this house semi-warm in zero-degree temps. Done that before, right? So we're all good. Anyways, um I reported this to you here on Circumspice up in the UP. Um. Well, actually, uh, this was uh, I guess he's over in Bay City, not UP, but a Bay City, a central Michigan man accused of leaving pipe bombs and threatening letters at locations in northern Michigan. Yep, that was up in the UP will remain in jail as he awaits trial on charges of extortion and attempting to destroy a building. John Douglas Allen, 75 of uh, Whittemore. Appeared in U.S. District Court in Bay City on Friday morning, his first court appearance since he was arrested Monday. Allen agreed Friday to remain in custody and waive his preliminary hearing for 90 days. He has been jailed without bonds since his arrest. If convicted, he could serve 5 to 20 years in prison. Assistant U.S. Attorney J. Michael Buckley said prosecutors and Allen's defense attorney, Steve Jacobs, needed time to wade through what they believe will be vol- voluminous vol- <laughs> voluminous evidence. Jacobs declined comment after the hearing in the U.S. District Court Magistrate Patricia Morris's courtroom. He's accused of leaving homemade explosives in a U.S. post office box outside an AT&T store in Sault Ste. Marie and a Verizon store in Sheboygan in september the fbi said surveillance videos showed alan placing the pipe bombs outside of the store although he had switched his license plate for one purchased at a bay city flea market uh the bombs contained metal balls and nails that made them particularly dangerous an fbi agent said in criminal filings, this guy wasn't kidding this guy's a nut job i told you i told you i told you he is a nut job all right um when I reported this at first, I said, you know, this is either a group or a single nut job, somebody who's mentally unstable doing this coalition for moral telecommunications. who thinks up of that? What your cell phone wasn't working. My cell phone don't work. My cell phone. I don't care which carrier it has. I'm in one of those weird places. This is a technology void. I mean, about 10 feet on either side of my house, you can feel the giant sucking sound of technology just leaving. Whether it be internet, cell phone, whatever. The only thing that works around here at a pretty decent rate is my ham radio. And that's because it's so flat, I can get out miles and miles and miles and miles with no interference, especially in the winter. It's the only thing that works around here. I'm I'm waiting for some kind of natural phenomenon to sink us down like 50 feet so that don't work anymore, too. So there you go. Yes, Crow, the guy made a homemade claymore. Ouch, that, that hurts. Welcome to the guys in the chat. If you're listening to this on Sunday night, and it's just a little after 9 o'clock, get in that chat room at www.klrnradio.com. You'll see all of the uh, Chat Lives Matter groups. You'll see Jeff, who you just heard on Lost Wanderers, a great show. Uh, all about space, which I love things about space. Space is cool. I, I really do dig that. Um, Ron's in there. Ordy's in there. Uh, Yours truly is in there. We got Eric. We got Crow. We got JC and uh, GR. We got Mike and Raptor. And one bit is hanging out in the shadows. One bit just kind of stays in them shadows. He's cool though. He's got one bit. One bit. That's all you get. Anyways, uh, back to this. The the letters were sent that you know that this guy was using. Uh, for the Coalition of Moral Telecommunications. Think about that for a minute. The so-called coalition demanded $5 million for the companies to stop distributing immoral content, including pornography. So this guy is going to murder people. Okay, let, let this sink in a bit. This guy is planting bombs. He's going to murder people. And I'm assuming he's doing it because he can't stop looking at porn on his cell phone. (laughs) that's kind of the vibe i'm picking up with this dude all right that's that's kind of where i think this is going i think he just uh he's got some personal issues he can't get over himself so he wants to just blow up the the um you know the root of it here's a deal buddy just cancel your cell phone if you're that tempted cancel it that's all you gotta do ha what else is going on man let's take a look here james craig remember him He's running for governor. Um, when was this? September fourteenth, twenty twenty-one. Apparently, he had a big uh, to-do, um, a campaign kickoff, and um, of course, let's see, where was this at? This is according to the Detroit News. Um, and it was published on the 14th. So former Detroit police chief James Craig became the most high profile Republican to enter the 2022 Michigan governor's race with a one sentence Tuesday announcement at Belle Isle amid combative chants. OK, what happened was is uh, 200 white supremacist Democrats showed up and uh, racists, of course, because, you know, James Craig is, is a person of color. So they have to be white supremacists and they are uh, probably there and they are racists. That's how this works, right? That, that, that's, that's how this works. You'll, oh, you don't like it on the left? You don't like this? Well, you know, you're the one that came up with these rules, right? If, if if the person is a person of color and you are white and you're shouting them down, then you're full of hate. You're hateful, you're racist, and you're probably white supremacist. So I'm going to call it what it is. 200 uh, Democrat white supremacists showed up to shout him down. <laughs> Oh, wait, I can't do that, right? Because we all know that only people on the right are white supremacists, right? No, that's the biggest lie I've ever heard in my life. I'm thinking about James Craig, okay? I have mixed feelings about him. I'm watching this. I've decided to watch this race from a 1,000 feet, okay? James Craig, interesting, interesting. Do I think he would be a really good governor? Mm, possibly. Anything's better than than what we have now. And uh, even she is changing her tone. We'll talk. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but he is saying that you know he's complaining that uh, the DNR, who runs Belle Isle, wouldn't even come there and do crowd control. The DNR said they didn't know that he wanted it. They, they he didn't recommend it. He didn't ask for it, so they didn't send anybody. So it's going to be interesting to see where he comes in with the um, with the whole uh, governor race in Detroit during the lockdowns. He was um, he was a little bit extreme on uh, on the lockdowns. He was pretty tough on people. He was pretty quick to be an authoritarian. May work against him. I don't know. I don't know how much more authoritarian could he have been outside of Gretch? Seriously. So yeah, he's, he's a big one. He's a big one to watch. He's got a big name. He's out there. People do like him. I think he'd be a pretty decent governor. You know, if, if he won, I wouldn't be offended. I wouldn't be freaking out. Um, But it's kind of funny. The whole gubernatorial race is already starting to happen and you're seeing it. And one of the one of the funniest, most ironic things, and ironic, not funny as in ha ha, funny as in stab stab. Um, Gretchen Whitmer, Gretch, as I lovingly refer to her, has really started taking a soft tone and switching sides. It's kind of weird. Um, I, I came up with this and what is this? dot uh, In a move that is being met with skepticism by her critics, the Democratic governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, um, Sudden out a budget puzzle. No, that's not what I wanted to do. They, they gave me this. But anyways, Governor Whitmer bans mask mandates and bans vaccine passports. And there it is. Per her, the legislation, the director or local health officer shall not issue the, of enforce any orders or other directives that require an individual in this state who is under the age of 18 to wear a face mask or a covering. That was Whitmer. Now, remember, Whitmer was the poster child for lockdowns and mandates early in the pandemic, and she has agreed to ban mask mandates and vaccine passports. Now, I can tell you why. (laughs) She went too far. She went too far. She went way too far. March 2020, all the way up until they basically, well, she would be doing it now, but basically I think somewhere around the time when you saw her yeet creepy Robert Gordon out of the state of Michigan, I'm pretty sure <laughs> GR that is beautiful, man. That is beautiful. GR just posted a meme of me in the chat room that says not funny as in haha ha funny as in stab stab. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, um, Gretch, if you remember from, and if you live in the state of Michigan, of course you remember, just obliterated businesses, destroyed businesses, locked everybody down, created a psychology nightmare, psychological nightmare, created uh, anybody that had any inkling of psychological problems just blew up in this state. We had a suicide problem. We had all kinds of issues going on because of her mandates. I think about the exact same time, this is my theory, that she booted creepy Robert Gordon. If you remember right, I reported this on this show. Robert Gordon was an Obama flunky, okay? He, he was an Obama flunky, worked for Obama, came here. I, I'm starting to think that she was waking up to the fact that there was absolutely no way she's going to get reelected on her current path. And she's softening. She's turning around. This proves it. This proves it. And, of course, it says right in this thing, Whitmer has been struggling in recent polls. Uh, A Trafalgar Group poll out this week currently has Whitmer losing to her competitor, former Detroit police officer James Craig, by six points. Six points is big. This early, this early. We're not even really officially going for the governorship. And James Craig's got to get through primaries yet. He's got to get through the primaries. This really hasn't even started. And she's already six points behind. If that don't induce political panic, I don't know what will. So, you know. She went from, you will do what we say, you will stay in your home, you will wear face diapers when you're out, which mm, I would say a good portion of the state of Michigan pretty much just ignored, um, to all of a sudden she is um, basically turning it around and saying there will be no vaccine passports. There will be no masks on children or kids under 18, which that's how it should be. You know, if she would have done that from the very beginning and told people, look, this thing's serious. You know, it does kill people, but it kills old people. It kills obese people. It kills people uh, that have diabetes, heart conditions, blah, blah, blah. You know, we need you to do this, do this, do this. You have to think for yourselves. You know, you have to choose for yourselves. We are going to help you any way you can, but you have to think for yourself. If she would have went at it this way, Mm, Yeah, she would probably have this election sewed up. She and my wife and I was just talking about this this afternoon. That's the funniest part of it. We're cruising through Tecumseh, Michigan, right? Had to go up there, had some business. And we noticed that restaurants, bars, a lot of them are just closed down in the middle of the afternoon. They just aren't open. A bar not open on on a weekend. How is that making money? And then you see the sign on the door that says, you know, just open basically Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's it. And that is just the problem. You cannot, as as a business person, as a business, you cannot exist in that environment for too long without having to close your doors. And we already know she, she decimated the restaurant business, just killed the mom and pop restaurant businesses in the Michigan area. A lot of them, a lot of them just aren't coming back. you got to get that through your head. They're just gone. She killed a lot of entertainment businesses. Michigan's big on holding entertainment, trade shows, things like that. She destroyed all of those shows, all of those businesses with what she has done. They're not coming back. A lot of them are just gone. Businesses that rely on tourism. And the tourism only lasts a certain time of the year. A lot of them are just gone. People are having to make adjustments in their lives, big disruptances, and those businesses are completely just gone. She is solely responsible. And I'm waiting for her to come out. And this will happen. Mark my words. This is going to happen during this gubernatorial race. She will come out. And she will start pointing fingers. The problem is, she took a unilateral action. She went this alone. If you're playing euchre, she went it alone. She took the Michigan state government completely out of it. She decided to be the queen. She decided to be the tyrant. She decided to be the one person show. When you do that, you cannot finger point. You take all of the responsibility. And if she starts up this pointing fingers during the governor's race, well, this person did that and that person did. No, no. Gretchen Whitmer went it alone against the advice of the rest of the government, against the advice and the will of the people of the state of Michigan. She went it alone and it cost the lives of thousands of elderly. It cost thousands of business. It cost billions of dollars. A lot of it went to fraudulent claims for unemployment. We have found that out. We also know that these fraudulent claims were just basically smoothed over and they did it anyways. She went it alone. She is solely responsible for everything that happened in this state. The suicide rate, people panicking, people losing jobs, people sitting home, not getting out and getting sun and getting vitamin D, not walking every day, not getting exercise. She's solely responsible because she went it alone. She cannot point a single finger and I'm waiting for her to start doing that. I'm waiting for her to look around what's the Metallica song, King nothing, King nothing. Yeah. You point your finger, but there's no one else around. You where's your crown Gretsch. And now your polls are slipping. They're slipping and they're, and to tell you the truth, you know, I don't put, this is the sad part of me. You know, I am cynical. I am too cynical on Twitter. (laughs) People are dumb. They will forget all of this by next election. That's the sad part of all of it. I'm here to remind people. I'm here to let you know that, remember? Remember all of this? This didn't just happen. This wasn't just a thing. This was her unilateral action that caused all of this hardship in the state. Not only did we have a pandemic ravaging the state, we had pandemic Gretsch. The Gretsch variant. Ah, Yes, I'm getting off on a rant. Deal with it. Because it just it's crazy. This is insanity. And And I've been shouting it since day one. The reaction to this virus did not match the virus. And even to this day, even to this day, you know, you look at the CDC statistics for the entire nation, you look at the statistics for just the state. No matter who is getting the spike right now, what age group? Oh, and by the way, um, this whole Delta variant, blah, 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 blah. It's still not hitting little kids that hard. If you're under 10, still not hitting you hard. 10 to 19, me a little bit. The deaths, however, the deaths, these, these kids are getting it. They're getting better and they're just getting back to life. The demographic for deaths has not changed an ounce since the beginning of the pandemic. You have to realize that the people who were dying of this are still dying of it. That's the 80 year old crowd and up 70 through 79 next and 60 through 69 from there. Those are the three demographics and the 80 and over is overwhelmingly more than anybody else. Under 60 years old, your chances of dying from COVID are very slim, very, very slim. You have so much else. Under 50, under 60, you have more of a chance of dying of cancer, car wreck, suicide. I, I can just go on and on and on. Falling down the stairs. They don't point any of that out because they want you panicked. And she's responsible. All right. That's enough of the COVID crap. I'm so done with all of that. We're coming up to the bottom of the hour. (laughs) And when we come back, oh, we got so much more to talk about, including Bigfoot Brawl by the Lakeshore. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm Alan Ray. This is Circus Spice. One parting shot here. One parting shot at them live. They're begging people to get flu shots. In this article, they said, Last year, there were fewer cases of the contagious respiratory illness. Talking about flu, a pleasant byproduct of widespread masking, social distancing, and remote learning, said Dr. Russell Lampin. Dr. Russell Lamb, I got a question for you. Do you actually believe that nobody caught the flu last year? You actually believe that flu was basically non-existent? You you don't believe that maybe, uh, oh, I don't know, 30, 40, maybe 50, maybe higher, 60% of the, quote, COVID, unquote, cases who weren't just flu? Oh, how dare you say that? You're questioning the science. Dun, dun, dun. What in
3: the wide, wide world of sports is going on here?
4: That's right. I will question your the science because I think it's a religion. I think it's a cult. And quite honestly, I think it's a giant scam. Is COVID real? Yeah, COVID real. I know people who have died from it. I know people who have had it. I know people who have it right now. Is it dangerous? Yeah, it's dangerous but i think the numbers were completely inflated i can, i think a lot of it and the more things come out the more i look at it uh yeah the masks stop the flu giant lol jc you're exactly right in the chat um yeah fuzzy science that's what it is it's, this is common core science they were using to count covid cases common core science in covid cases that's going to be a, a peer reviewed article before too long yeah no um the flu is around the flu was around last year. If you had it, you were probably terrified to go to the doctor because you didn't want a giant Q-tip shoved all the way up into your brain, causing what kind of damage, who knows. So, yeah, it was out there last year. And quite honestly, I think it was more uh, prevalent than what they're saying here. I think a lot more people had it. I think there were tons of of deliberate misdiagnosis uh, of covid because every time you check mark that, yep, he's got COVID, we got money from the federal government. Billions and billions of dollars. That's a whole thing by itself. And good news. And good news. Alice Cooper has a street named after him in Westland. <laughs> What's this one? Hometownlife.com. Perhaps it was fitting it was pouring rain during the naming of Westland's newest street, especially when it was named after the rock star Alice Cooper. The Detroit native was on hand in western Wayne County September 23rd for a brief ceremony, celebrating his legacy and marking the opening of a brand new attraction at one of Westland's most iconic locations. The roadway leading through the LOA's property along Michigan Ave between Henry Ruff and Merriman now has a new name, Alice Cooper Court. How cool is that? The roadway through the property, which already comes up as Alice Cooper Court on Google Maps, was named during a ceremony on the property emceed by Jim O'Brien, the morning radio talk show at WCSX-FM, which also served as a preview to a new haunted attraction uh, opening in Robert Kay's Beard Building this October. Um, oh, in K Beard Building this October. Asked about his thoughts of the building, the rocker gave an answer almost uh, someone would expect. Since "'It's creepy as it can be,' he said to the crowd, gathered under a tent at the dedication. "'I hope they have a suite in there just for me, an Alice Cooper suite.'" Uh, <laughs> the festivities at the site were perhaps the most lively the Eloise property had been in many a years. The former asylum and mental hospital essentially sat vacant for years until new owner John Hambrick brought forth plans last year to bring new life to the site. Hambrick said a friend who was listening to WCSX when they discussed naming uh, Metro Detroit Street after Alice Cooper, uh, something the station has done with other classic rockers like Glenn Frey and Bob Seger. Given the future plans for the Eloise property and its history, he said he contacted the station right away. I called up and set it up and the rest was history, Hambrick said. How appropriate the theme. The first leg of that renovation includes a new haunted attraction, Eloise Asylum. It will take guests through several floors of the K beard building with plenty of spooks and haunts to scare visitors over the next month. So there you have it. Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper court in Westland. I know right where they're talking about too. That is pretty cool. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Kitties. Uh <laughs> One of the cool things that happened in my dad's life is he actually got to, he had a gig, a side gig after he retired, driving, um, driving out um, um, limousines. And he got to take Alice Cooper up to uh, Soaring Eagle Casino. And he said, it's just this kind of an older dude, long hair. And we got to talking and, and. He mentioned he was a musician. And I said, oh, yeah, my son's a musician, too. And then he said, yeah. He goes, "Um, is he like rock and roll? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, does he know who Alice Cooper is? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, well, that's me. He goes, oh, all right. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. My dad got to meet him. I never get to meet Alice Cooper. My dad did. Before he passed away, he got to. Sigh. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Cool things in Michigan. All right. This is one of the most important things we're going to talk about on this show. All right. Let me just let's sit down, grab yourself a, a beverage, and let's, let's discuss the real things in life. According to 973thedog.com, on a podcast called The Sasquatch Chronicles, a Ludington, Michigan area bow hunter shared a story about coming across something a little strange in the woods. He said, I know what everyone's thinking, so let's get it out of the way early. Why didn't they shoot him with an arrow? Well, that's all well and good. But what if it was a regular dude and they were mistaken? And what what is the law for shooting Bigfoot or hurting him anyway? No one knows. So why chance it? Now back to the podcast, the Sasquatch Chronicles. On September 10th episode of the long-running show, and, and I have listened to this show. I have listened to this show before. It's kind of cool. The guy's <laughs> he does a good job. Um, two Michigan bull hunters, one named Mark claimed an encounter with not one but two bigfoot Uh, mark this is not his real name recalls his unreal encounter back in october 1st of 1989 while prepping a hunting site they came across a huge two-legged creature saying it was at least a good foot and a half over one of the 10-foot railroad signs nearby While shining a light on it, a noise came out of nowhere. A second massive beast came barreling their way, and he said all hell broke loose. From there, there was fighting that Mark said sounded like two T-Rexes going at it. A few seconds later, you could hear something running off and jumping into the river. Then everything got quiet. From that point, Mark and his friends say they could do nothing but shake for 15 to 20 minutes. Finally, they mustered up the courage to head back to the truck and get out of there. Bigfoot sightings remain common across both peninsulas in the state of Michigan. <laughs> all right. Okay. Here's the, here's the thing. Oh yeah. Allen Ray Boulevard. Mike just posted that. And the yep. yep Allen Ray Boulevard. That's me right there. I can't wait for that to happen. Here's the thing. Okay. Where they're talking about, I used to hunt there all the time. That kind of, in that era, 1989, yeah, right around that era. I used to bow hunt in that area. That's kind of scary. I never saw Bigfoot, um, but let me tell you what, there's some woods out, there's some deep woods in that area, and um, there's probably some stuff roaming around in there that we don't know about, but there again, a lot of the people in that area kind of resemble Bigfoot not the fudgies that go there during the season. I'm talking the real people that live there. There's some big people there and they're kind of big, hairy, and scary. There's also bears, lots of bears. So there you have it. Um, is Bigfoot alive and well in Michigan? We don't know uh, until I see them. I, I I don't know. They, they're, they're discovering species every day, every year. Um, Why wouldn't there be a big ginormous 10 and a half foot thing walking around? I don't think I want to go back outside and put the patio furniture away after the show. I think I'm just going to stay inside cradling my shotgun. Ah, All right. Back to reality. We got one month before 10 digit dialing comes into parts of the state. Now, I just kind of ran into this here a while back, and I don't quite understand it, but apparently, um, because of the suicide prevention hotline, which is a 988 dial directly to the National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline, there are some places in the Detroit area that has to dial 10-digit numbers now. Now, here's the weird kicker. What's this according to? This is, this was in, uh, this is in the freep. No, this is in Fox uh, 66 is what it is, their web. So the time is quickly approaching for telephone users in Michigan's 616, 810, 906, and 989 area codes to include an area code with every phone call known as 10 digit dialing. Um, The reason behind the change is preparation for the rollout of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Now, I agree with the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I'm good with that. I don't understand what area code 616, 810, and 906 have to do with anything. But apparently, apparently, it's a thing. Um, All all of those area codes, you're going to, every time you pick up a phone and dial it, you're going to have to dial all 10 digits, area code and the phone number. I don't understand that. Now, this is going to begin uh, October 24th. That's when all of these areas affected are going to uh, are going to need to start dialing ten digits. What happens if you don't dial ten digits? You'll probably get that annoying dee dee dee. "we're sorry, the number you dialed cannot be completed at this time." I hate that; it makes me want to throw a phone in the lake. Um, so, is it really going to affect us that much? Hmm. How much will it? Well, I don't know about anybody else. Most of the numbers I dial are in my speed dial on my phone. Um, other numbers, you can Google it and say, you know, usually a Google page. If you're calling someplace you're not familiar with, it asks you, do you want to dial this number? Sure. You hit the button and it dials it. How much is it really going to affect people? Probably not as much as you think. It's still kind of an annoyance though. It's not happening in my area code. Thank goodness for that. Cause then I'd just be a cranky old man and there would be issues. So there you go. And GR in chat says, I don't remember the last time I dialed a number. It's all speed dial now. In fact, I hardly even dial phone numbers anymore. I don't even talk to people anymore. I text them. I tell people all the time, don't call me, text me. Because if you call me, I'm probably not going to answer the phone. I'll probably listen to the message and go, okay, yeah, I got it. If you text me, I will get it at a later time. And I will probably text you back later and just say, okay, yep, this is the way it's going to go. That's just how I am. I don't know. I'm not not cool with a 10-digit. I'm more cool with uh, meeting Bigfoot out in the woods and and wrestling with them. Uh, And everybody communicates via the Internet these days. That's right. You can Skype. You you don't even need to call people nowadays. You can FaceTime them. I don't FaceTime because, well, my face. So there you go. What else do we got? Oh, parents are challenging Michigan's ban on public funds for non-public schools. Um, I've always had, I don't know when my kids got old enough to start school. I started believing that wherever your kid goes to school, that's where the money should follow. Is school a choice? If you pull your school out of, or your kid out of a certain school district, because you think the school district's just crap, you send them to another school district. The money that's set aside for your child needs to go to that school district to follow your child. If it don't, well, then what good's it doing you? Well, according to the Detroit News, a group of Michigan parents are suing the state and federal court over a constitutional amendment that prevents them from using tax-incentivized education savings to send their kids to a private school. Now, this is a different thing. Now, I, I, I've had one of these um, – well, I do still have one of these investments where it's basically meant completely for education. Now, five sets of parents represented the Mackinac Center Legal Foundation and conservative attorney John Bursch uh, want to use money from their Michigan's education savings plan to put their kids in private schools. Parents get an income tax deduction when they make a contribution to the Michigan Education Savings Plan. The savings plan usually is used for higher education expenses, but the 2017 Federal Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expanded that program so it could be used for public private, or religious kindergarten through 12 schools. However, Michigan's Blaine Amendment appears to run counter to the 2017 expansion since it prohibits the use of public funds, including any tax benefit, to pay for non-public school expenses. The parents said in their lawsuits, if the parents use the savings fund for non-public school tuition, the amendment would force them to reverse the Michigan tax deduction they received at the time they made the contribution. Michigan's Constitution prevents plaintiffs from enjoying the current state tax benefit if they use their 529 accounts for private religious K-12 tuition and as federal law allows, the lawsuit said. In a statement Friday, The Mackinac Center said the case, if successful, could change the whole playing field. Why? Because um, with all of these teachers and the teachers union wanting to uh, bully your kids, uh, put all of this um, child pornography out of there infest your kids ears with that, um, teach your kids Marxism, you're going to see more and more people getting second jobs and third jobs so they can afford to put their kids into private schools. Because let's face it, folks, public schools are failing miserably. We'll keep an eye on this lawsuit. We really will, because I'm pretty interested in it. All right. We're, you know, this year is just flying by. Last year was just, just forever and forever and forever. Hides its ugly head, you know? It's already September 26th. We're already into small game season. I have not even been out in the woods trouncing through it. Every weekend, it seems like there's just something going on, like leaky roofs or what have you. But we are coming up very, very quickly on October 1st, which is the start of the official bull hunting season. Um, This is where it all gets exciting. I love fall in Michigan. Of course, small game season still going on. I, I I'm thinking about just sitting in the backyard, small game hunting this year because we got a rabbit problem. We got groundhogs. We got uh, critters, all kinds of critters that I can shoot. So I'm thinking of doing that. So if you're getting out there, remember, especially, and, and and here's the thing I always try to tell people: gun season's coming up in November. Start exercising now. Start walking. Losing a little weight maybe jogging a little bit, maybe carrying something heavy around for a couple of miles. I can't tell you how many people you read about this time of year have heart attacks and die out in the woods because all rest of the year they sit around doing nothing. And then they think they're going to just jump out of their vehicle and walk two, three miles out into the woods. Walking through the woods is not as easy as walking down a street. Start exercising for it. Now we want, Everybody's surviving. Everybody's surviving this hunting season. Hunting in Michigan is one of the coolest things in the world. We have all kinds of stuff here, all kinds of animals you can go after. And our, our money, if you're a hunter, your money goes to conservation more than anybody else's money yeah, the tree huggers that are out there, oh, you can't shoot Bambi. you can't you know, those are animals, they have feelings too. They do nothing. They do nothing for the woodlands of the state. They do nothing for the ant to, to keep the animals weeded out and down to a population that can be sustained. You know they use the word sustainability. If we just all quit hunting. Animals would just be There would be so many diseases and issues going on right now It would be unreal These people are unrealistic Get out there and hunt Bag a few And figure out a way to eat them Because wild game can be really, really good If prepared correctly Alright, ten minutes before the end of the show Guess what time it is, folks It is time for
2: gone fishing all of the time Baby gone fishing too bet your life, your sweet wife, gonna catch more fish than you. Many fish bites if you got good bait. Oh, here's a little tip that I would like to relate with my pole mama and my line. I'm a-gone fishing. Yes, I'm gone fishing. And the baby gone fishing too. It is time
4: for the Michigan Fishing Report Southeast Lower Peninsula out on Lake Erie. Anglers are catching walleye while trolling the state line from Stony Point while using crawler harnesses. They were finding lower, yellow, uh, low yellow perch catches with limited success around Eboe and 25 to 27 feet of water out from Stony Point. There was some largemouth bass caught near the mouth of the river raisin while using crank and stick baits. Anglers were finding success in the DTE discharge channel for catfish while using worms. Over to Lake St. Clair, some nicer perch were caught in the mouth of the middle channel in 17 to 18 feet of water in the weed bed south of Metro Park in 12 to 14 feet of water. The best results for perch occurred when anglers were trolling with minnows. That's where you're getting your perch, minnows and trolling. So remember that. Uh, Some walleye were caught near the North Channel in the grassy islands. Muskie fishing was slow. Muskie fishing is a blast. If you ever get a chance to fish for muskelung, do it. It's great. It's like fishing for dinosaurs. Harbor Beach, steelhead, walleye, and lake trout were caught in two different depths, 50 to 60 feet and 100 to 120 feet. Uh, people were using downriggers with lead core and copper lines with spoons. Saginaw Bay, boat anglers were catching yellow perch at the old shipping channels, Spoils Island, Spark Plug, and um, let's see, all, all, all over the place there. there. A lot of small perch to sort through, but there was getting they were getting some keepers over there. Grindstone, lake trout, and a few steelhead were caught six miles northwest of the harbor in about 120 feet of water using downriggers and spoons. Southwest Lower Peninsula, Grand River, Lansing, anglers were doing well with catching smallmouth bass and channel catfish with large minnows. Best time to catch all those was between dusk and 9 p.m. St. Joseph, anglers were catching some perch in 60 to 70 feet of water. Pier fishing was very slow. Salmon fishing was slow around the piers. Boat anglers and fishing the St. Joe River reported slow fishing as well. Uh, south Haven, love South Haven. Anglers were catching a few perch in 30 to 60 feet of water. Most of the fishing pressure was south of the piers. Boat anglers targeting salmon had slow fishing around the piers. There were a few salmon and trout caught around 100 feet of water. Over in Grand Haven, uh, same thing salmon and trout action were slow. They're catching them in a few of them in 80 to 160 feet of water. Um, orange spoons have worked along with green and white flies. So there's your hint there. North, east, lower peninsula, Alpena. Some anglers were seeing success with mixed bag of walleye, lake trout, and a few salmon. Trolling spoons, again, and spinning and glows with various depths was popular uh, with the anglers when targeting salmon and trout. Uh, trolling body baits was a popular method for targeting walleye in the bay. Over to Sheboygan, over to Sheboygan, Chinook salmon were presented below the dam. Green crankbaits or spawn sacks were providing anglers with the best results when fishing for salmon at the Sheboygan Dam. Average size salmon caught was between 25 to 35 inches and between 15 to 20 pounds. Get them, get them out of the water, take them right down to the smoking place, smoke them and eat them bad boys. Mm -hmm. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Thunder Bay River angling (laughs) has dramatically picked up as Chinook salmon moved into the river. Anglers were also catching panfish, bass, pike, catfish, and the very occasional walleye. Common methods were casting stick baits, body baits, and spinners or drifting leeches and night crawlers. Uh, That's that's the lazy man's way of of fishing right there. I did that quite a bit. Uh, Just take a leech or a night crawler, chuck it onto uh, something that's kind of light, throw it out there in the water, and let that baby drift around. You can't believe what you pull out of some of these lakes doing that. Osabo River. Anglers were seeing success with bass, pike, panfish, and a few catfish and salmon. Various methods were uh, being successful, but most common was the use of casting or trolling body baits and spoons. Uh, Houghton Lake, bluegill, and crappie were caught in the weed beds. Leeches, waxworms, and minnows were performing the best. Over to Tawas, boat anglers were catching a few smallmouth bass inside the bay near the shore. Um, There again, spinners, body baits, and jigs, they were being the productive um Sumac Island, anglers were catching good number of largemouth bass and pike while casting various artificial baits. Up to the northwest, Lower Peninsula, Harbor Springs, there were some lake trout caught upwards of five mile, and a coho was caught near Harbor Point. Uh the mild dry weather has kept uh, everything in the lake a little longer than usual, but it's expected that they will begin to run heavier over the next week. Frankfurt Coho and Chinook were caught off the break walls, and while trolling in the harbor area, there were a few fresh Chinook making their way into the river. Anglers that have ventured up to the Platte Bay have reported fair catches of coho. Most of those were being caught on spinner baits from casting or jigging. Luddington, where Bigfoots fight. Yes, that's the, uh, the uh, BFF, Bigfoot Fighting Federation fishing was slow for boats and pier anglers even though many fish were marked Chinook continued to go up to the Pier Marquette River fishing in the river has been decent when weather permits anglers should try deeper waters adult Chinook are coming in and offshore fishing uh, could be heating up in Charlevoix anglers were catching some salmon and trout a couple of Chinook and Coho were caught lake trout were caught from 9 mile point they were targeting smallmouth bass in the channel but the effort hasn't been really good lately in Petoskey boat anglers were focusing on salmon mainly just outside of the breakwall area near the marina. Um it doesn't look like it's gonna give me oh yep, Angles are using stick baits and spoons in those area. And up in the UP, good day, eh? welcome to the great white north on Tonagon, anglers were doing pretty well while fishing for lake trout fish were coming in around four pounds with a few 15 pounders being caught uh they were trolling spoons i guess up there um a few boaters were jigging the rivers and they were finding a few walleye with only one legal fish being reported out of all of them that that's not good black river harbor anglers were starting to look for salmon in shallow waters lake trout anglers uh were getting catches up to in 140 feet of water while trolling spoons kewanawa bay uh, looks like they're having luck trolling early mid-morning and early evening uh trout coho chinook salmon were the catches coming in off the Keweenaw Bay uh Mun- Munising Bay a few coho and splake were being caught uh looks like those were assorted sticks of uh stick baits spoons jigs and spawns Big Traverse Bay and South Portage. Anglers were reporting uh, rainbow and coho and pike catches. Rainbow trout, coho, and pikes. Most fish were caught while trolling, but some anglers did have luck while casting for bluegill and rock bass. Uh, let's see. Marquette reports a coho caught in the Chocola River. Most anglers were using spinners and spoons, and pink was the color of choice up there. Got to get your feminine on when you're catching them uh, fish up in Marquette. eh? Big bay to mock and little bay to knock. Uh, perch anglers were having fair to good success. Pike anglers were trolling and casting, but reporting only limited success. Not many smallies uh, were in the area. Um, so occasional keepers were getting caught on, uh, crawlers. So use your crawlers, use your crawler harnesses. St. Ignace and Leshena. Angles were catching some Chinook at the mouth of the Carp River. And uh, Angles were catching some Splake, but the numbers were low. Angles were catching smaller perch around Dollar Island and pike and bass in Government Bay. Lots of activity at Nuns Creek, but only a few Chinook were caught. And that, my friends, is the Michigan Fishing Report. <sighs> it's been a great weekend in Michigan. We sportsed okay. We did. We did some sports ball okay. We had um, University of Michigan won. Congratulations over Rutgers. Um, that was a tough defense game. Rutgers defense looked pretty good. Michigan's going to have to do some practicing this week. Uh, when they get when they give them bigger, big 10 teams, Wisconsin, people like that, they're going to have a rough time if they don't get that uh, offensive line hammering them a little harder like they did the first two games. Michigan State, incredible upset in overtime. I got to see the end of that. That was absolutely cool. So congratulations to those two. We'll uh, try not to talk about the Lions and the Tigers. Oh, my. Lions lost a heartbreaker. Looking at the replay, they're starting to say that maybe the Lions got the shaft once again. They're saying that that uh, that uh, league record field goal that was kicked against them and went through, which deja vu all over again. Uh, what was that? The seventies when uh, New Orleans Saints kicked that record uh, field goal against the Lions. Oh yeah, sixty six yarder to win, uh, but. They show the clock. The time ran out before that ball was snapped. Mmm. All the time. All the time. Lines just get shafted. Well, thank you so much for listening to Circumspice, the right side of Michigan. We hope you enjoyed this show. Have a great week. Uh, get out there, get some fresh air, get some sunshine. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. Take advantage of it while you can. We'll all be running around in the snow, the rain, and the crap pretty soon. I'm Alan Ray. God bless you. God bless the great state of Michigan. Stay tuned, KLRN Radio, all week long for some of your favorite shows. And I will be back next Sunday night for another episode live of Circumspice, the right side of Michigan. Have a great night. We'll talk again soon.